share uh, my biography, and I'm, I'm a pretty transparent guy. And so uh, as, as we go through this, I think um, you'll, you'll see why. I, I'll, I'll start by sharing that uh, I am married. I have two sons. They, they're, they're respectful. They're wonderful sons. Just ask Jesse. He'll, he'll validate that. But it's in spite of me uh, many times. So, um, the, uh, and I grew up with, a, with an awesome family. I uh, grew up in the church. My, my parents were actively involved in church. Um, they, they, taught, they brought me to Christ at a very early age uh, and taught me my relationship with him was more important than even my relationship with them. And so I, I really admire my parents. Uh, the, I've served in the church all my life, learned leadership skills there, uh, had a great childhood, uh, don't really know of any major issues there. Uh, you know, I had external family that I wasn't even aware of some issues there. And so I, I, I know how blessed I am growing up. And as I followed Christ, he led me into the military. I uh, went through the nuclear power program here in Orlando, was a nuclear electrician, uh, got picked up for the Naval Academy, uh, got an aerospace engineering degree out of there, and then I uh, joined the United States Marine Corps and became an infantry officer. Uh, hoorah! And so um, had had a great experience there. I got some uh, really some unique opportunities. I was with the uh, Light Arm Reconnaissance, which was a unique outfit. There were probably only about 18 officers uh, at my level at serving in that role. Uh, very independent as a, as a young officer. Uh, got to deploy to uh, Okinawa. I was in between the wars, so I never saw combat, uh, but had some awesome, awesome training. Uh, deployed uh, to Okinawa, got to see mainly in Japan, Okinawa, uh, Okinawa Japan, uh, climb Mount Fuji, go to Vladivostok, Russia, interact with the Russian military at the time, which was, you know, crazy uh, that just about 10 years earlier we would have been shooting at each other. And um, did some stuff at Pohang, Korea, and uh, ended up getting um, going to 8th and I, which is a prestigious uh, outfit in the Marine Corps. They're the PR uh, of the Marine Corps. I was a marching platoon commander, uh, did stuff at uh, the Pentagon, at uh, Arlington Cemetery uh, for the dignitaries, and just had a incredible experience in the military and, and following God and God blessing things and, and having things going. It, it was really a, um, a great life. Uh, I mean, a great experience going through it. And so I transitioned out, um, got um, got involved in a lot of different industries, uh, was, was really found my niche uh, that really had developed before the Marine Corps or military, but was developed further in the Marine Corps uh, in the military, is, is, is developing elite teams and really being able to connect people, get people together to work toward common goals, and, and really solve the relationship issues of communication and trusting each other and depending on each other and holding each other accountable. And so really, I, I loved it. It's easy for me to do. Um, I've walked into many different industries and any team that I walk into, I'm able to do that. But, um, and, and, and I'm involved at Mosaic. Uh, active in this community, um, serving, I apologize, because <laughs> I'm getting to the point, <laughs> um, serving, uh, serving at Mosaic in a lot of different teams, um, actively involved in Ironman, 
I'm in Dream Builders. Um, I'm, a, I'm operations director for Christian Help, which is a nonprofit in the area. Uh, very active in digging into East Winter Garden and, and on behalf of Mosaic and building that team there. And um, I think it's uh, uh, I, I think it's just God's timing. Um, my kids aren't here. Um, Because if my kids were here, I don't know if I'd be able to say this. They're at camp. They'll actually be coming back from camp today. So um, I stand here. I'm, I'm not happy. I've been fighting through depression. And, um, you know, I, I feel very inadequate to stand before you and teach today. And I appreciate your prayers as, as we look through this. Um, I, what I'm going to share with you, I ask, you know, doesn't leave here right now. I am a transparent guy. There are several in this, in this room that I've shared with of what's going on. Maybe, maybe more than I should, but I, I think our enemy loves secrecy. He loves, he loves the facade. He loves the deception. And uh, although I'm actually just in the last few weeks, I've gotten better equipped and um, better understanding and, and, and clarity around what I'm fighting against. Uh, it's, it's still, there's still a long road ahead. And, um, and, and I, I hope I can be transparent through this as we go along, uh, that, that you, God will use this for his glory and to encourage you guys. So, um, you know, my, my business is, uh, I'm a consultant. I help transform workforces and elite teams. The, um, I've been up and down on my business trying to figure out how to make that work. It's a struggle. You know, every business owner out here, everybody who started a business, everybody, there's, there's those typical problems that are there. Um, and and, I, and I, I thought, and I've actually said this to my family probably three or four years ago. I was like, you know, the only challenges we have right now is financially, is trying to figure out how to crack this nut and get that in. And at the uh, end of 2016, Got some training. I was able to get my what I call my core story down, crack the nut on solving how to how to get clients consistently and build that revenue. And 2017 was my best year financially. And I got to the end of that year, and the wind just left my sails. I lost all momentum, and I couldn't understand why. And and looking back, I I now realize. Um, it was because my marriage was failing. As, as, as good as I've been, as, as blessed as God has given me to be able to go out and make uh, great teams with strangers, I couldn't do it with my own wife. And, and it, it was frustrating. It, it, it kills me. And, um, you know, I've, I've, and I'm not faultless. <laughs> you know, I've got issues. Uh, I've got challenges, and and so and 
my personality is I, I, I do. I look inward first. I, I look at things of what is wrong with me that I need to fix to help out this relationship. And, and that is what has helped with all the ex- external teams, right? Is because when, when people are generally wanting to work together, you can work through things. You can get through that. So, I don't know where I'm at on my notes, but uh, I'm in the middle of um, a challenge with my marriage. It's been unhealthy for for many years. Um, As a matter of fact, after this, I'm, I'm headed to a marriage counseling session with my wife. And working, you know, continuing to work on it. We've been in we've been in counseling for over a year, over a year and a half, with a couple different ones, um, and and it's interesting. And and I hope at some point I'll be able to share uh, more detail and uh, elements of this that I hope will help help many of you. But I will transition into into Ecclesiastes in this because. I've been in a fog as we've been going through this and trying to figure it out. I've been frustrated. I've been frustrated because, you know, what, what my expectations I've wanted aren't there. I've been frustrated uh, because I can't figure it out. And in Ecclesiastes, and, and Ryan, I wasn't watching the time. How much time do I have? No time. All right. Um, yeah. You know, it, there's this word hevel that Ecclesiastes uses. Uh, it's used almost 40 times in the book. And uh, it has this meaning, uh, it's, it's translated many times as meaningless or vanity, depending on what translation you're in. But, but the Hebrew word is, is actually meaning for smoke or vapor or mere breath. All right? And so many times the translations have lost the metaphor uh, of coming in because as I've read it growing up, I've looked at it as meaningless and, and I've actually kind of been discouraged by, by looking at Ecclesiastes saying, God, God does not create meaningless stuff. This is not meaningless by this definition, right? There is meaning in everything that God calls us to do and what God does in his creation. And so came across uh, some better, or what I think was some better explanation of that, of looking at... Um, that translation of smoke or vapor, mere breath, uh, like it, life is beautiful and mysterious. It takes one shape, and before you know it, it takes a new shape, right? Smoke looks solid, but try and grab it, and you can't get it, right? So, and when you're stuck in the thick of it, like fog, it's hard to see clearly through it. And that is, you know, that is our life, is and and you know, uh, Paul mentions you know we we look through this through rose colored is it rose colored glasses does he say that I don't know if he uses glasses rose colored lens right uh, or a darkly I, I can't quote it right now but yeah it, yeah pardon yeah rose colored glasses I'm like yeah where it's there there's a, there's a there's a faded lens or something that's distorting our vision of what we're doing and so. Um, yeah, the, uh, taking that and looking at the uh, Ecclesiastes, right? The critic is not saying that life has no meaning, but that the meaning isn't very clear, right? There's meaning there. We just can't see it. 
And, 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 and in context of the rest of the Bible, that makes a lot of sense, right? God says, you know, my ways are not your ways. We're not going to understand his ways. We're not going to see clearly everything that's going on. And so um, it's not very clear. It becomes confusing, disorienting, uncontrollable. Um, dissolving and it fades away, right? Because compared to eternity, the things that we're involved in are are nothing. They're the they're the dash in our in our lifespan. Um, so the um, so that 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 as we look at Ecclesiastes as a whole in there, I think that's important for us to look at and understand that word hevel. And, and, and that it's not meaningless. It's, it's not clear. And, and we're grasping for it, and we may not be able to grab it. And, and in my life, in my marriage particularly, that's been, that's been the thing. Is I'm grabbing for what is the, the issue here, right? What is wrong with me going through this and trying to uncover that and that pursuit? And, and it's very frustrating when we can't get to an answer. I, I, am, I am a Marine infantry officer. You, you point a hill out to me, I will go take it. But be clear what hill you want to take, right? But in my marriage, I can't figure it out. It's very frustrating, right? And, 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 and for me, it's my marriage. For you, it may be something else, right, of trying to figure that out, of what that is. And, and where it seems to work in everywhere else, in this one place it doesn't, it causes a lot of frustration. Where you, where you apply these principles in other places, and they're not applying in what you think is, should be the most significant relationship around, and it doesn't, it's very frustrating. How, how do you define frustration? Who's got a definition, Ron? Interruption of set plans. All right. Anybody else? Unmet expectations. That's how I define it. Thank you, General. So the uh, I agree with the General. <laughs> you know, it's unmet expectations. Anytime you're frustrated, you think about what was I expecting to happen. You will find the source of your frustration. Right? We get frustrated with our kids. It's probably because we, we're expecting them to act like 15-year-olds when they're seven. Right? And we're, getting, we're frustrated like they shouldn't be acting like Well, they are seven. So um, our relationships aren't going the way they are. It's because we have these expectations of them. Our business isn't going where it's going. Our job, our career, the church isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's because we have this expectation of what the church is. And I'm not saying those expectations are right or wrong. But we have these expectations. We, I expect life to to be to get cleared up at some point, right? At least some of it, right? And it's not happening, or it didn't seem to happen. So I've been depressed, unhappy. I've lost my joy, even I lost my joy, even. And and I'm an incurable optimist. And and there was times J- Jesse and I have walked this road um, together for a long time. He's been on my journey for a long time. We shared office space. And, um, you know, I've always, I've always wondered years ago, I've, I've, I've been critical or I don't know if critical, well, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, how, how can a person who has the Holy Spirit of God in them ever get depressed? How's that possible? He showed me, <laughs> right? He showed me, he took me there and, and, it, and it, you get lonely, you get isolated, you get alone. Our enemy is on us. 
And that is what he's after. And he isolates us. And so I had the expectation that my marriage would be an elite team attacking the gates of hell together. That's what I expected. I've expected that. Um, and although I could walk into any, I already said that piece of it, I could walk into any team. Um, I've been frustrated over the years, and on top of that, I couldn't understand why, right? So that just builds on that frustration. So I've been in this hevel or fog trying to figure out the meaning and has been elusive. I've cried to God to deliver me, strengthen me, reveal my situation, reveal my sin, take me home, everything, and many times there, is, there was no relief, but he always sustained me. And as timely as it can get, I found some resources last night that, that has better equipped me to deal with what I've, I've come to believe is at the root of my marriage struggle. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean I'm right. I still got to clarify and continue to go. So it gives me some confidence. And as I stand here, I don't, I, I, I'm broken. I'm fighting it and need your help. And so what I hope to leave you with today is one, be, be encouraged. You're, you're not alone in your struggles in this life. Our enemy wants you to believe that. Our enemy wants you to believe that you're the only one facing whatever it is you're facing. But you're not. There, there are literally thousands and probably millions in this world. We've got 7 billion people, and it's a mess. <laughs> so you're just part of the messiness, right, with me. Um, I want to tell you, be brave and transparent. Um, I, I think this road has really made made a turn when uh, I went through the deacon, pro, deacon process at Mosaic, and I was like, you know what? I am not going to hide anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not a hider anyway. But I confessed the things that that needed to be confessed, and I believe that's when the the attack really turned <laughs> uh, aggressive, uh, intense. Right, became really intense because our Satan, our enemy Satan, loves the darkness. He loves you to keep it hidden, right? But that confession comes freedom, and allows you to address it and deal with it. And so I, I, I encourage you: be transparent with with a couple brothers in Christ that love you, that want what's best for you. All right. Let them speak into your life. Let them encourage you. And I, and I will tell you: not everyone will understand what you're going through. Not everyone will even agree with your view of it, even though you know it may be, it's as fact as you can make it, all right? But they can still love you, and, and don't push them away just because they disagree with you, all right? Because it may turn out you may be wrong, <laughs> all right? Walk together. Small chance. Small chance. Small chance. But <laughs> walk, walk together, right, and, and work together as, as you work through this because you need a team. We need a team. God designed us for teams. He designed us to be an elite team. And so that's what Jesus put together with the disciples. They, they, walked their, they, they willingly went to their death for what Jesus called them to do. And I don't, I don't know how you define a better team than someone willing to sacrifice their life for each other and for their mission. 
social outcasts. <laughs> That's right, and they were social outcasts. All right, and they lifted each other up. Paul, Paul reprimanded Peter. Peter walked with Christ. Paul reprimanded him. But just reprimanded him and then loved him and they kept going, right? Because they, they were they were because Peter was in the wrong in that case. Barnabas reprimanded Paul <laughs> for dealing with Mark. It, we're, we're all flawed. And we all need we all need that those voices with us. So our enemy wants to isolate us and keep us in those secrets. Uh, and then his lies can rule us. And when his lies rule, he tells you you're not a man. You're inadequate, which that is true, <laughs> right? But he, he, he uses shame. He uses disgrace. He, he, the, the only truth he really tells us is that you're inadequate. And, and, and our response is, yes, I am. And that's why Jesus <laughs> came. And that's why I'm, a, you know, I'm in his, under his protection. Um, but he uses it to, to get us down where it makes us feel inadequate and unable to affect anything, and that is not true. Well, hold on. before I'm almost done. I didn't even talk at the table. And then I would say persistently pursue God as you wait on him to clear the hevel. All right? Keep, keep pursuing him. Keep drawing closer to him. I don't know if he'll clear the hevel on this side of heaven, but he doesn't. He doesn't guarantee the clarity of hevel. He does guarantee. He does guarantee his presence, and he does guarantee that he will be there with us. So, thank you for your time. Um, enjoy this journey with you.